reading this morning is from James chapter 4 and it's verses 1 to 12. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister, or judges them, speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbour? Thanks, Fee. Thanks, Tanya, for the prayers as well. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Newcastle and I saw some old friends. Um, and there was an old um, friend I wanted to see, but I didn't get a chance to see him. We went to school together. His name's Hedda, and um, he, uh, he and I played music together at school. Uh, and still good friends, but we did occasionally have the odd argument when we were at school. And one time, we argued over whether the musician James Brown was soul uh, or funk. <coughs> <coughs> so, Hedda was adamant that James Brown was a, a soul singer. I mean, he is the godfather of soul. Uh, I was convinced that James Brown, no, he's, he, his genre is funk. And this became a heated argument, and we didn't kind of speak for weeks, um, because we fell out over this important issue. And uh, I know that might seem ridiculous, but at the time, it, we got quite upset with each other. We subsequently realized that James Brown is very soulful and very funky as well, so he's both. But uh, at the time, neither of us would back down. Now, that sounds ridiculous. Who thinks that's ridiculous? Yes, I agree with you. But um, we do sometimes have quarrels and arguments over things that are a bit ridiculous. I'm actually very cross with Di Harris at the moment. Um, we were in the youth hut on Friday, and we played air hockey, and she beat me 7-1. <laughs> I was utterly humiliated 
And um, I thought, where's the respect, Di? <coughs> so, <laughs> so, no, we haven't really fallen out. But, you know, sometimes we do have quarrels and arguments over silly things. Sometimes we have arguments over big things. Um, and they don't just happen when you're teenagers. They can also happen in church as well. Now, when you get into an argument, genuinely, you think that, well, the problem here is not me, the problem is the person in front of me. It's not me. I'm Mr. Reasonable. It's them. They're being completely unreasonable. They're so stupid. Why don't they see things from my point of view? But James says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Is it always the other person's fault? Well, no, he says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you. It's what's within me that causes my argument with so-and-so. I want to be proved right. I want people to know that I'm right. But what I've got is I've got someone in front of me who doesn't think I'm right. They don't agree with me. They think I'm wrong. They're standing in my way. And James says, you desire, but you do not have. You desire to be proved right, but you do not have. So what do you do? You kill, he says. It's quite strong language. So Putin desires Ukraine. So what does he do? He cannot have it, but he desires it, and so he kills. And while we might not do that physically, Jesus says that if we uh, are angry with someone, speak crossly against someone, we're, we're effectively killing them with our words. You desire, but you do not have. So what do you do? You kill. Strong words. You covet. You want something. You cannot get it, though. So what do you do? You quarrel and you fight. Now, it does happen in churches. <laughs> About 20 years ago, Tanya and I were in a church, and there was a church meeting, and we went along, and the pastor announced that he was leaving the church. But he was leaving the church and taking all the staff and taking all the leadership team with him. And he was going to plant a new church as of that Sunday. <laughs> there was quite a few quarrels and arguments. There was some argy-bargy in that church. I will say that now there are two churches as a result that are thriving by the grace of God. But at the time, it wasn't a lot of fun. Sadly, it can happen even here in church. talks about slandering people in this passage. Brothers and sisters, why do you slander other people? You shouldn't do it. Or what is slander? It's, it's talking against someone. Why do you talk someone down? When you're doing that, you're, you're judging them. And when you judge someone, you think that you're better than them. But James does goes a step further. He says, you're not just judging them, you're actually judging God's law, he says here. If you speak against them, you speak against the law and judge the law. Now, maybe not the law of the land, but the law of God. Now, how did Jesus sum up the law of God? He said that we're to love our neighbor, right? Love our neighbor as ourselves. Well, if I'm judging someone, I'm not loving them. I'm thinking I'm better than them. 
You can't be their judge and a friend to them. When you slander them, that's what you're doing. And again, that can happen in churches. Now, it can happen very subtly. We can be super nice to someone's face, but talk about them behind their back. Or we can say, well, so-and-so upset me, so I'm actually, I'm not going to say anything horrible back to them, but I'm going to give them a wide berth. I'm not going to sit in their part of church. (laughs) I'm going to sit in my pit. You know, we know we've got to behave as Christians. We know we've got to be nice. Have you ever been in the car on the way to church and had a big argument? <clears throat> you making me late. Blah, 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 blah. I've got dinner to think about afterwards. Blah, 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 blah. And you get to church and everybody's smiling. <laughs> Never had that experience. And you come to communion. Oh, yes, I'm so holy. There's a, I saw a cartoon once of a, a church pastor and uh, he's come through the door after the service and he comes through the door, he's still smiling, this fake smile, and his wife says, it's okay, dear, you're home now. <laughs> you can stop pretending. We might not be obvious about it, we might not do it to someone's face, but we do still sometimes, sadly, talk about one another. We put each other down. Slander. Quarrels and fights. And he says, you you do not have because you do not ask God. But when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. I wonder whether when we get into an argument with someone, or at very least we find someone difficult to get on with, is it an opportunity that God has given us to say, well, what about me? I'm not saying we should always second guess ourselves, but you know, what can I learn in this situation? I find this person difficult to get on with. We don't click, they don't agree with me, whatever. But what can I learn here? Is there something God wants to teach me? God, Holy Spirit, come and examine my motives. Maybe we ask God for something, but we don't receive it. Why? Because our motives are wrong. James is pretty strong here. He says, You are an adulterous people. What's he saying there? He's saying you're unfaithful to God. You pay lip service to God, but you're not really got the heart to worship God. You know, there was a prophet in the Old Testament, Hosea. He was told to marry uh, an unfaithful woman. And he did that as, and God actually told him to do that. Your wife is going to sleep with other people, but I still want you to marry her. And it was a picture A message to God's people that this is what you're doing to me, God. James calls this kind of behavior friendship with the world. Now, we are to love the world. We're to be in the world. We're to be, you know, people who are closely connected in the world. We're no good to the world if we just shut ourselves away. But when he says friendship with the world here, he's not talking about being good to people and being friends with them. He's talking about getting into bed with them, as it were. (laughs) Being a friend with the world is being a friend with the world's ways. You're just doing that. And if you're doing that, he says you can't be a friend of God. 
Anyone who wants to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Does this all sound quite negative? It is quite negative. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we just need to speak the truth. We need, we need to face the reality. Do you know, Monday was incredible, wasn't it? The f- Queen's funeral service. Did anyone watch it? <laughs> Most of us watched it. <clears throat> and the Archbishop of Canterbury preached the gospel. Millions, if not billions, heard the message, the good news of Jesus. And this was exemplified through the life of Queen Elizabeth. What a remarkable woman. And just maybe as a result of that, people would be thinking, I wonder what she had that I haven't got. Just maybe people would be thinking, well, was it to do with her Christian faith? Yes, it was. Do I see something of Christ through the Queen? And just maybe some people will think, well, maybe I'll come to church. Well, that would be amazing. But if they then find a community that doesn't talk to each other, that squabbles, that quarrels, that fights, that doesn't look anything like it's supposed to, then that's not a very good witness to Jesus Christ, is it? This all does seem rather negative. And then as if to, to sort of point the finger in. He says, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. God, what a misery guts. <laughs> Stop laughing. It's not funny. Stop having fun. <laughs> of course, we need laughter. Of course, we need joy. But what he's talking about here is repentance. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Come back to God. It's a no-holds-barred, very blunt cry to you and to me to get right with God, to come back to Him. But there is hope. Because we're told here, God gives us more grace. Sometimes I get disappointed with myself. And yet I then think, thank God for his grace. Sometimes I feel like God hems me in, so I have to realize that I can't rely on my own strength. I've got to turn back to him. And I just need his grace. I've been powering on in my own strength and I just can't do it anymore. I need God's grace. I can't get this person who winds me up to love me. I can't get on with them. I need God's grace. I find sound so difficult. I need God's grace. I recognize that I haven't always got it right. But we're told that God shows favor to the humble. So humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. I'm not saying we should be navel-gazing. I'm not saying we should always say, oh, I'm so rubbish. Not at all. That's a false humility. But there are those times when it's just important to be real. You know what? I did mess up and I'm really sorry. But that doesn't make us look worse in front of other people. Actually, it's, it's... It's Christ-like. 
because we're humbling ourselves. Jesus humbled himself, not because he sinned, but he humbled himself before the Father. He humbled himself by becoming a man, becoming like you and me. The Christian way is for us also to humble ourselves before the Lord. But what will then happen? He'll lift us up. The way to the resurrection is to go through the cross. To die to ourselves. To come back to God. And then what will happen? He'll come to us. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Is there hope? Absolutely. Just come as you are. You know, I don't know what situation you might be facing right now. You might be going through some real challenges. Whether it's work, you might have a challenge with a boss. You might have problems in the, with family. Whatever they may be. Come back to God. God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Do you know, the quarrels and arguments and all these sort of things can come and they can take us by surprise and part of it just comes because we're human, because like, there's that fallenness in the world around us, but sometimes it's the devil. <laughs> Let's be honest. He hates it when, we're, as a church, we're in unity together. He hates it when we love each other. He hates it when I, you and I accept one another, when I accept Sam for all that he is. <laughs> the devil hates that he wants to split churches he wants to cause us not to love each other to gossip and moan and groan at each other he wants, to, he wants to cause all that but hear this if you resist the devil what will he do? he will flee he won't just leave you alone for a little while and he'll flee because this is the good news. As you humble yourself before God, as I humble myself before God, then God hears my prayer and God says, well done, you're my child. I love you. And I'm actually lifted up and raised up. And I'm lifted up and raised up way above Satan's armies. And he has no authority over me. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Have you got struggles? A lot of those struggles basically are in our minds, are in our hearts. The greatest battle you'll ever face is in your own mind and in your own heart. James talks about the desires that battle within you. Those are your struggles, the toughest ones. It's not your boss, it's not your wife. <laughs> I promise. It's not your husband. <clears throat> it's your battles within you. But submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will just flee. He will flee. Be why? Because God will lift you up. What incredible truth. So thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. Thank you. Thank you for the grace by which we can come the Father today. And I thank you, Lord, that your grace is not in short supply. You give us more grace. I'm reliant on that. More grace. More grace. 
You know, if you missed out on a pastry at the start of the service, there might be more pastries. But you know what? There is more grace. Don't worry, you did not miss out. There is more grace for you. God gives grace to the humble. He shows favour to the humble. So church, let's humble ourselves before the Lord today. Not asking anyone to be humiliated. Not asking anyone to, 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 to do anything that, that makes you look bad. It's not about that. But it's about us humbling ourselves before God. Why? Because he is the one lawgiver. He is the one who is the judge. And he's the one who's able to save and destroy. He's the one who's on the throne. So Lord, we come back to you. We bless you. We praise you. Hallelujah. The Lord is speaking. The Lord is faithful. You might have had an argument on the way to church here this morning. But you know what? God gives grace. He's loving and humble of heart. He'll meet with you. We bless you and praise you, Lord. Amen. So just let's stay in that place of knowing that God is here. He's present. Invite the band to come. In that battle that is raging in you, just come back to God. Submit yourself to God, but keep on doing it. And as we worship, Lord, build a throne. As we sing your praises, Lord, build a throne. The Lord is, he just desires you. He loves you. Come as you are.